Hey, this is Mr. Anderson, Anderson, and you are listening to Two Out of Three Falls. Yeah, 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 what up? You know, it's uh, Peter Rosenberg, Hot 97, ESPN, WWE Network, Cheap Heat Podcast. Um, let's see what else. I got mad jobs out here, but right now, talking all things wrestling with my man Randy Cruz, the Cruise Control Podcast. Sit back and stay mage. You're listening to Cruise Control with Randy Cruz. This is the voice of the New World Order. N-W-O. And Neil Furman's secrets of WCW Nitro. Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report, Daily DDT. My man, how you doing? Doing great, Randy. How about yourself? Doing good, man. Can't complain. Uh, this weekend we have Super Bowl Fifty Four. Not much. Um, don't know how much of a football fan you are, or how much you follow it. But um, you know, I'll be crazy not to ask you who do you have winning, KC or San Fran. I said this last week. It might have been either last week or the week before that you had uh, you had uh, said vowed rather that you would get me into some sort of sport in 2020. Get me to some sort of game, whether it be a Nets game yeah. or whatever, you know, MSG or um, a Knicks game or whatever at uh, maybe the uh, Barclays Center. I did say, and maybe at some point I will go to an XFL game that will be worth keeping an eye on. Maybe you and I can do an XFL review um, of the first game next weekend because it's amazing to think it's already starting up so soon. Yeah, you know, right. we hear all this talk about wwe and vince mcmahon is so heavily involved with the xfl but it's coming up next weekend but before that like you said super bowl 54 on sunday um who do i have going over in that match uh, in that game run match i'm thinking fucking wrestling all the time who do i have going over in the game uh, i have zero invested uh, zero vested interest in either team i'm honestly not overly familiar with either team damn. if you said the patriots or something mm-hmm. and this is the first game in a while i feel like they weren't a part of in the last four or five years, Mm -hmm. um, then I would probably have more of an opinion on it. But between the two, I have no idea who's been the better team I heard. Um, The 49ers are the better, more... Uh, complete package right now compared to the Chiefs, but I'm just going to go Chiefs for no real rhyme or reason other than I just like the team name. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs. All right, well, that's that's our preview for the Super Bowl. Um, I got Casey. You know what? It doesn't matter who wins. Uh, both are great teams. Uh, uh, you know, you, you finally get uh, that sense of something new, fresh, uh, not the old guard of like Tom Brady and Drew Brees and those guys, you know, Hall of Famers, but uh, it's always good to have new teams uh, going out for the championship. Um, this weekend, this past weekend, we had the Royal Rumble. Um, at Minute Maid Park in Houston, eight matches on the card. So I'll just go quickly of who won. So Sheamus defeated Shorty G, whatever. Andrade uh, kept his U.S. title, which you know we'll get to him in a second. Uh, Roman Reigns beat Corbin. Charlotte won the Women's Royal Rumble. Uh, Bailey defeated Lacey Evans. She kept her SmackDown Women's title. The Fiend Bray Wyatt defeated Daniel Bryan to keep his uh, Universal Championship. Becky Lynch defeated Oscar to keep her Raw Women's title. And Drew McIntyre won the Men's Royal Rumble. So Charlotte will be in the main event, you know, for 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 a title uh, at WrestleMania. Drew McIntyre will be uh, in some sort of the main event for WrestleMania. Uh, rumors I've seen that McMahon and uh, Heyman are going back and forth deciding what should be the main event of uh, of, Wrestle- of, of WrestleMania. Should it be Drew, the Drew McIntyre match with Brock 
Brock Lesnar or should it be uh, Roman Reigns against The Fiend? So, you know, the plan is Roman to get The Fiend at WrestleMania for the, uh, the, univ- uh, the uh, Universal Championship. So, uh, quickly on the Rumble, what did you make of it? What did you make of the two Rumble matches and as, as an overall show? Both were great. The overall show I enjoyed. Not everything was perfect. The Bailey and Lacey match was kind of crappy. Uh, the finish was lame. It wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. The feud's been decent. Just it didn't really go over well. It had to um, follow up that great rumble. I thought both rumbles were really good. I've seen conflicting opinions on the women's rumble. That it was bad, that it was the weakest of the three. In my personal opinion, I thought it was the best of all three, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, they did rely on some nostalgia with former names like Molly Holly, Kelly Kelly was in there, the Santina thing, which again, a lot of a lot of con- controversial opinions on the Santina appearance, which I personally enjoyed. Was it a dumb gimmick 10 years ago? 120%. It was one of the dumbest things they've ever done. It was a disgrace to women's wrestling 10 years ago. To bring it back for a quick cameo, a quick comedy spot, I had no issue with it whatsoever i enjoyed it for what it was i thought it was hilarious the overall match i thought was great and the charlotte win and people may be pissed at me for saying this i honestly don't mind it i didn't want her to win i wanted Shayna to win or someone else who may have benefited from it more charlotte does not need to win the rumble she could vie for the raw or smackdown women's championship tomorrow and no one would bat an eyelash because she's already at that level she's already a 10-time women's champion they probably just gave it to her to say that she's won the rumble before i get it from that standpoint but it's not the worst thing ever because like roman well if roman won the men's i mean I, i heard there was a report that said the original winners of the men and women's royal rumbles would have been roman and Shayna. Now, honestly, I much prefer what we got instead with Charlotte and Drew because it opens up more possibilities. Drew, I would rather I would rather deal with Charlotte as the women's Rumble winner than Roman as the men's Rumble winner because we know Roman is facing Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. It would have been way too obvious, and it was obvious that McIntyre would probably face Lesnar. But obviously, again, he's a fresher face. No one minds it for the most part. It's it's a very um, satisfying finish to that match. With Charlotte, though, there's more possibilities. We know she's not facing Becky for the millionth time. Mm-hmm. We know she's not facing Bailey for the millionth time. Um, it seems a lot more likely that she would go to either NXT or vibe for the tag titles, which I feel like they're trying to bait us with when they had the match with Charlotte and Oscar on Raw. I think it's a lot more likely. It's been reported that we're getting Charlotte and Ripley is it weird? Yeah, because it's, you know, I guess it is a third brand now. At one point, it was the developmental championship because uh-huh. it's an NXT. But, you know, it's a third brand, so I guess it makes sense. Uh, they were a part of Survivor Series. I mean, it still is developmental. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they still have people that are a work in progress in NXT. But from, you know, realistically speaking, it is the third brand. It's a two-hour show on USA Network. They were part of Survivor Series. They won Survivor Series. It makes sense. Her and Ripley have unfinished business from when Ripley pinned her on SmackDown on the show before Survivor Series a few months ago. I have no issue with it whatsoever. As long as Ripley wins and Charlotte doesn't walk out the new champion, I'm totally fine with it. That would make no sense. They're giving the big push to Ripley right now. It gives their brand added exposure. Um, Charlotte has been a part of a lot of big matches at wrestlemania you had to know they weren't going to put her in the fucking women's battle royal this year and there's no other obvious matches for her at wrestlemania other than her and ripley who is a part of nxt right now she's not facing bailey or banks again or or um you know bailey becky or, or whatever 
or Sasha. She's faced everybody. She's already faced Asuka multiple times. She's vied for the tag titles multiple times. I have no issue with it. For Drew, I think it's a great, great finish to that match. We've said it here on the show before. He was the guy to go with. He was the hot hand right now. They struck while the iron was hot with Drew McIntyre. Um, he's been ready for a long time. He's been ready since he came back to the company three years ago. But better late than never. People are still into him. Him and Brock is a fresh match. Um, obviously, I would like to see him go over how realistic that is. I don't know because Brock lost last year in like three minutes. Do they feel you know, uh, compelled? Do they feel like there's a need to have Brock win again to avenge his loss from last year? That's the question. I don't know. Um, either way, though, with that being said, um, I do like Drew winning the Royal Rumble. I don't mind Charlotte winning the Women's Rumble. Both matches I thought were great. We had a big edge return, which we'll get to. MVP came back, which was cool. The Women's Rumble had a lot of familiar faces from NXT. So overall, I thought the layout of both Rumbles was great. The finish for the Women's was, eh, I mean, I didn't hate it. I wasn't like ranting up a storm on Twitter the same way that other people were. Um, but we'll see where it goes. The men's rumble I'm more satisfied with. It ended a great Royal Rumble pay-per-view. And as many other people have said, I think it was one of the better Royal Rumbles in recent memory. Not quite as good, I would say, as 92. Um, I would have to rewatch that one to really get a gauge on that. But I think it's got to be in the top four, top five, maybe of all time. We talked about either last week or the week before. Wow. Mount Rushmore of, of Rumble matches. And it, it may have just entered that territory. I would have to watch it again to really get a good grasp on that. But wow. a lot of people are saying that, and it's hard to argue with it. Wow. So you're saying the men's Rumble, right? Yes, the men's Rumble, yeah. Men's Rumble 2020 just skyrocketed into the top four, top five right now. I think so, honestly. It was a complete package. I think the Brock thing, not everyone was a fan of, but it made sense. It made Brock that much more destructive and dominant to the point where when Drew eliminated him, it led to a great moment. Um, we had a lot, you know, some cool surprise. It wasn't perfect. Like John Morrison getting chucked in 10 seconds was a little yeah. questionable. Um, you know, Drew was the star of the match. Brock had his time to shine. He took out a bunch of people. The Brock Keith Lee interaction was great. Um, Brock dominating people was great. There was like, it was like two different matches, but in a good way, the first half was all about Brock. They get him out of there. And then it's all about Drew. The edge return was very well, received the final four or five was great aj in there doing his thing orton and edge reuniting to set up their story for raw um roman reigns coming out and lasted a long time almost won the whole thing that suspense there at the end was was palpable it was great it was really really good stuff so uh, i told a lot of good stories they furthered a lot of feuds um wrapped up some feuds callbacks to former feuds set up stuff for wrestlemania overall i really think it was a complete package of a rumble and Definitely one one of the best ones in the last ten years, without a doubt. Um, I think uh, one thing that should be brought up more um, with that Rumble matches is, is is how how great of a seller Brock Lesnar is. Um, we all know he's a, a part time guy and this and that. I get all that, but when he's in the ring, uh, he performs. You know, to the top of the game, and uh, you know, being in the rumble at number one, everybody was like, oh, "Okay, so this might mean Brock's gonna win." Throw everybody out in five seconds, which we did see in the first, you know, couple, you know, twenty minutes or so. Um, but he, but he sold when McIntyre kicked him out of the uh, uh, over the top rope. He sold that, and he was outside for like five, ten minutes. Mm -hmm. he, he he did not go to the back right away. So you kind of see they were kind of building up to WrestleMania. Um, 
but to me a very very underrated performer very underrated seller uh i don't think he gets the credit he deserves when it comes to that uh because everybody wants to talk about part-time champion he's not really about the company you know stuff like that so um that's what i took away from that from that from, from that match and um you kind of knew it once drew eliminated brock he is like no nobody else is gonna you know, win this win this rumble. It's not it's not Roman. It's not anybody mm-hmm. else. You knew it was gonna be Drew once he had the Brock um elimination. Um I thought the match was good. I might have to watch it again to see if it's in the top four, top five uh stratosphere of the best rumbles of all time. I did a poll uh I think two weeks ago about or, or a question about what was you know what are the you know the Mount Rushmore of the Royal Rumble men's matches? And you know I kept getting ninety two. I kept getting uh, twenty twenty eighteen. I got two thousand eight. I got nineteen ninety. I got um, two thousand and one. So those you know I know Mount Rushmore is only four spots, but I think uh, you know not counting this one. I think it's too early. But I think for Mount Rushmore purposes, it comes down to ninety two. Um, 01, 08, and either between 18 or 1990. Again, Mm -hmm. uh, very different reasons. Uh, Personal preference is about who, you know, what kind of talent was in the ring um, at that time. Because, you know, if you mention 90, you got Hogan, Warrior, Perfect, a whole bunch of Hall of Famers. Then you get to 18, that's the the Finn, the Cena, the Nakamura, the the Reigns, and that's still kind of fresh on our minds. But um, I did see a lot of people saying 2020 was a great rumble. It should be considered to be one of the best, or one of the best in maybe in the past decade. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I give you that. Um, And we also saw the return of Edge. Now, Edge comes back uh, at number 21. So we kept hearing the rumors that Edge, you know, could be coming back or talks about a possible comeback. Um, I like the way they did it, and for the record, a lot of fans like how the match was laid out with the with the who was one, two, three, four, five, who got eliminated, all the storylines uh, mixed in between. But it was good to see Edge first time in the ring in nine years performing. He retired back in twenty eleven. At the WrestleMania 27, which is the mania that I don't talk about, which is, you know, terrible. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But man, uh, he got in there. He looked good. 40 something years old. Um, To me, he he did not miss a beat. And then you get the moment with him and Randy Orton, you know, going back to rated RKO days. And um, it was just it was good to see him. And he was in the final four. You know, I know we we, we talked about last week who was going to be in the final four. And none of us had Edge because we didn't know he was he was going to be in it. But um, mm-hmm. are you, I wouldn't say shocked to see him back, but were you shocked to see how good he was still in the ring? Well, yes to both questions, just because I'm sure we've analyzed the possibility of this before here on the show. But it's been rumored for months. Like I remember first seeing the rumor back in early October that he was coming back to the ring, that he was cleared by officials. And we've heard these type of reports before. I got to give credit, though. I don't feel like enough people are giving credit to who broke the news initially. And I'm not talking about PW Insider. I mean, they've been great on the story over the last couple months, too. Uh The first Twitter account that broke the news about Edge coming back and everyone called bullshit on it because the guy's been out of the ring now for nine years. Why now? You know, I know he speared Elias at SummerSlam. So a lot of people figured, oh, go you spearing Elias. So that means he's coming back. Not necessarily the case, although it ended up being the case. 
the Twitter account that broke the news was at Fight Oracle. I don't know what their track record is with stories like this. Um, I don't follow them. I've just seen a few stories. They did break the story on CM Punk joining backstage. And then it was reported afterward, not by them, but like Fightful by Sean Ross, people like that, like, oh, it fell through. It's not happening, blah, blah, blah. And he showed up on backstage anyway. So they got that story right. And then they got the edge story right, too. So don't really doubt things before they come to fruition. Honestly, he's probably gotten more stories right in the last six months than fucking Dave Meltzer has. So Mm -hmm. I'm way more, um, you know, inclined to believe what this guy's got to report than what other people have to report on stuff like this. But anyway, getting back to the the original point with edge. just because I heard the rumors, I had heard that he was a lock for the match as far back as October um, to come back. It, it's it's still hard to believe just because the guy retired with spinal stenosis nine years ago. We were told at that point and many other points over the last near decade that he was never coming back, that he would never be cleared by WWE doctors, even though Edge has gone on the record and said on podcasts before, which probably what was what ultimately led to him coming back, that, oh, I think I could do one more match. That means nothing because if, just because he feels that he could wrestle again a lot like daniel bryan did before he was cleared doesn't mean doctors will clear you um i mean the report has since come out that he was in talks with aew and that absolutely played a factor dude i think that's another aspect of this story that's not getting talked about enough without aew offering them offering edge a similar deal to come in work as a producer and wrestle for them do you think WWE would have cleared him? I don't think so. Honestly, no. Because why Why now? As opposed to five years ago or so, you know? Because um, they knew AEW was a thing back in August when he speared Elias, and they kind of got a sense of what he could do physically still. So I think AEW is as an important of a factor as anything. Because, again, they cleared Daniel Bryan all those years ago because they didn't want him going to do all-in in shows like that, So, which is when he was contra- his contract was supposed to expire on that point. But um, great to see him back. He looked awesome on Sunday. I mean, even at 46 years old, which means nothing. I mean, Jericho's 49 and he's the current AEW world champion. Um, he still looks great. He's not going to be back as a regular, which I like. Keep him special as an attraction, like a Brock Lesnar-like figure. Probably making way more appearances than Brock on regular TV, which is great. But wrestling every so often, which is cool. Maybe on the bigger pay-per-views, we'll say. But I thought the way they brought him back was great. It's got to be up there as one of, if not the greatest return of all time, just because no one ever thought it would happen. It's not a case where, like, with the Hardy Boys, which was amazing, and I was there for that one, too. Like... They could always have come back. They could have always have come back if they wanted to, or if WWE wanted them back. Edge was a different case because he had no choice because he was told he could never wrestle again. You know, even Stone Cold Steve Austin, like he was told he could probably come back and do another match if he wanted to. He just doesn't want to. Um, CM Punk left on his terms and doesn't want to come back because he doesn't want to. WWE doesn't want him back. Edge couldn't come back even if he wanted to until now. So just to hear that reaction, I don't even think that reaction does his return justice because they were in that that were in in such a big arena on Sunday um, in the Astro Stadium that it didn't really quite capture the noise. I've heard from people that were there that were saying that that reaction on TV didn't do it justice. Everyone was freaking out. People were crying, screaming. The emotion in his face was just priceless. And the follow-up on Raw was great, too, with Randy Orton. So everything about the Edge return, I give two thumbs up. It was great. Easily the highlight of what was, like you said, a great Royal Rumble match. So are you saying that it's it's on equal footing of a return like the Hardys or better? Honestly, again, I, would, I might say better just because 
Two things. I know some people suspected Edge would be in the Rumble, but it doesn't matter what the rumors say. Just because it was hinted at doesn't mean that we all knew it was going to happen. That's bullshit. Because again, just because we hear the rumors, the guy's gone on the record before and saying that he would never be back. Obviously, it was it was a front uh, to make this more of a surprise, but. Edge has been very, you know, honest in the past and saying, I'm content with what I accomplished. I'm ready to ride off into the sunset because he was ready to retire anyway at that point. The guy was a year out from retiring anyway. He made no inclination in the last decade that he wanted to that he wanted to get cleared. Daniel Bryan got cleared within what, two years? It took Edge nine. If he wanted to, he probably could have come back in the ring years ago, but he wasn't ever really pursuing it until recently for whatever reason. Maybe it was an AEW thing. I don't know. But he's getting a ton of money for it, which is awesome. So congrats to him for $3 million a year, reportedly, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, more than almost anyone else on the roster, I'm sure. But yeah, I think it is um, one of those things with Edge where uh, it, it's it's up there as one of the greatest returns of all time. Very emotional. A lot of people grew up on Edge. You know, he, he started during the Attitude Era, was there throughout the Ruthless Aggression Era, there for the very beginning of the PG Era. He covers a lot of fronts, dude. It's not like a Stone Cold Steve Austin thing where he was only there for the Attitude Era or The Rock, the same thing. Like, he was there through all of it. He was there in the 90s, early 2000s, late 2000s, early 2010s for a very small bit. He was there for a very long time um, and accomplished everything. So to hear that music again, one of the greatest theme songs of all time, yep. really hit home for a lot of people. The Hardys, again, was also rumored and that reaction was great. I was there for it. Edge, I think, has got a is got a topic is the Hardys we all kind of figured would be back at some point. Edge, we never thought would be back. So it's kind of hard to you know, it, it, it's really hard to hit that level of of emotion with a return quite like that, with the reaction and everything else that went into it, because we never thought it would happen. Listen, I, I agree. Uh, watching it, watching WrestleMania 33 and seeing the Hardys return, um, that was a loud fucking pop. I, 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 I can't even disagree with that. I think it was, it was just... Um, like everybody was like up in arms when they saw Matt and Jeff. Now with Edge, I'm at home, and it's like three, two, one, and it got quiet. And then the theme song, the the theme song came on. It was like, what the fuck? Like Edge? I thought somebody hit the, hit the wrong button. <laughs> I'm like Edge. He came out. He's doing this. He got the pyro. I don't think I don't think anybody else got pyro and then Roy Rumble entry except Edge. Um. And it was like, wow, like you said, like he's, you know, a, a, a fixture in the Rufus Aggression era with Cena, with Triple H, with uh, Batista, Randy Orton, uh, Evolution. He was in that era that, you know, you don't see that era now. The only only person still uh, active from that era is Brock. Mm-hmm. Um, Cena doing movies, Batista retired, going to Hall of Fame. Uh, we thought Edge was done. Uh uh, Rain, okay, uh, yeah, uh, Brock and Orton are the only ones from that era that are constantly, uh, constantly doing this. So um, to see Edge back was great. It was phenomenal. Um, and then, and then to see him, see him on Monday for for Raw because now you mentioned the contract. He he'll, he'll be a little spotty, spot up person for big time events like a WrestleMania, SummerSlam, stuff like that. So um, all likelihood, you are going to get Edge and Randy Orton at WrestleMania, um, which is fine because now they write Edge off TV with with the with the with the with the injury. So we are still in January. So 
you give him three months or two and a half months to quote unquote come back from the injury and he'll be all television. I know they probably have him on a raw two prior to that. But we all thought we all thought we were getting a rated RKO reunion. And I'm home watching Raw like, okay, I'm I'm cool with that. You know, like let's do it. And I shit you not, like a second later, Orton RKO's edge. Like, oh, okay, so much for that for that idea. And now you get now you get. To me, it felt like a a, a legend killer Randy Orton vibe. It felt like 0405 Randy Orton. Um, and, and I think the stuff with him and AJ are kind of to the side now. AJ uh, reportedly uh, did get hurt in that rumble. I think he's going to be out four to six weeks. That's the rumor going out. So, uh, talk about crazy timing. You know, you have a program with AJ. He gets hurt, and the Edge comes in. Um, I'm more, I'm more of a fan to see Orton and Edge than Orton and, and, uh, and AJ. I saw that last year at Mania. So, what do you take of the storyline now with Orton and Edge, uh, former tag champions, tag partners? We never saw them go one on one at WrestleMania. And um, I think it could be the best story going into WrestleMania because of the error, the errors that, that that they came from. So, what do you make of Edge and Orton leading up to, I would assume, WrestleMania? Yeah, I agree. I just don't think AJ was ever in the plans for a match with either of them. I know he was in the midst of a feud with Orton. They never really got resolved. They never had that rematch from December. They were supposed to. Then McIntyre got added, and it never happened. Um, maybe when he gets – I mean, probably not now because now that Orton's healed, just doesn't make sense. I don't think Edge and AJ was ever the plan either. You would think, based off their interaction in the Rumble and that great spirit of AJ – but I think based off the interaction between Edge and Orton at the end of the Rumble was more telling than anything they did with Edge and AJ. I think they knew from the get-go that Edge was working with Orton um, right out of the gate because they needed a new heel because McIntyre is apparently a babyface now, which he should be. They needed someone in a top heel role on Raw. They have Rollins, they have Andrade, they have AJ. They need more than that, though, because they have a lot of babyfaces now with Edge being back. Ricochet's there. I know Brock's a heel, but he's never really there. Mm-hmm. They have Ricochet, Rey Mysterio, Aleister Black, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, Rey Mysterio. They have a lot of baby faces, yeah. which is good, but they need more heels. Um, I know they have Buddy Murphy, but they needed another one, so Orton fills that void very well. He works better as a heel. He has history with Edge, like you mentioned, dating back to the rated RKO days. Mm-hmm. And it's a feud, to be honest with you, that we never really got to see. Um, they feuded for a very brief bit after they broke kind up. of sort of broke up in 07 as yeah. rated RKO. They went their separate ways. I don't remember like one major match between them. They had they were both in the Money in the Bank ladder match that year. And then right after that, Edge went to SmackDown. Um, and he won the World Heavyweight Championship, so the feud was never really resolved. Right. Um, they feuded again in 2010 when Edge came over to Raw, and they were feuding with, with Orton as a babyface. But I think the match they had it over the limit that year, it ended in like a no contest or a countout or something as Orton got hurt. And they feuded a little bit after that, but again, it never really had a proper blow-off because Orton got hurt. Then Edge obviously got uh, injured the following year, and then he got or retired, whatever. So it never ended up happening. Orton is a bad guy. Edge is the guy that everyone wants to cheer. And as a bad guy, at some point, Edge is going to be amazing because he's always been a better bad guy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that, that that day will come. But it would be stupid to do it right now because everyone's so happy that he's back. Why would you turn him heel from the get-go? Orton is a better bad guy. They needed to fill that void on Raw. He's a very safe opponent. 
to work with because they have the history. They have the chemistry. We know that. Um, and the match should be great. It gives Orton another prominent match at WrestleMania. The AJ match was, was very good. I'm not sure it quite reached that level of being great. And Orton has, I don't think, had a great WrestleMania match since the one with Rollins five years ago. Um, he wasn't at 32. 33, he had the match with Wyatt, which sucked. Um, <laughs> the 34 match was the fatal four-way with Jinder fucking Mahal, Bobby Roode, and Rusev. That's right. Talk about a joke of a match. And then last year, had the or the AJ match, which was very good. But again, I think it kind of underwhelmed for some people. So this, this also may very well end up being underwhelming. But the story, I think, has the potential to be better than almost any other match on that WrestleMania card from what we know right now. Because of the history, because of that awesome some angle they did on monday and uh with it being edge's first match back hopefully hopefully they don't blow this off in saudi arabia at super showdown or at elimination chamber or whatever they gotta wait till wrestlemania i'm actually working on an article right now that's going up tomorrow focusing on what they can do with this feud you could have beth phoenix get involved who was a part of the nxt commentary team mm -hmm. you know she spoke about edge's injury on the beginning of uh wednesday's nxt right so you can get her involved you can get Christian involved, um, who's a part of WWE backstage. We haven't seen him on WWE programming in a while. He has history with Randy Orton from almost 10 years ago. True. I don't know if he gets back in the ring or not, which would be cool, but Christian has got to get involved at some point, I would assume. And and don't forget, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder, they have also history from with Edge from 2008-2007 as the Edge Heads, as part of La Familia. That's a flashback, but you know they're on the Raw roster. They're not doing anything right now. Orton can go after them. There's a lot of possibilities they can explore here with this feud and they have a lot of time to kill between now and wrestlemania but i'm certain they will be able to do it so like you said it would have been cool if we saw the rated rko reunion but if it was going to be for a match against the fucking oc in saudi arabia i'm kind of glad we didn't get it just because <laughs> i think they you know they, they kicked off the, the build to this feud so much better with that angle on raw very next night after edge returned uh -huh. it's a great story to tell we kind of got the rated rko reunion in the rumble anyway so i think everything is uh everything works out for a reason but uh, I'm looking forward to the feud, and I think it kicked off in a great way on Monday's Raw. Yeah, Edge is uh, getting the shit beat out of him, and where's Hawkins and Ryder backstage to help him? Exactly. They showed them, they put up a clip on their YouTube channel of Edge getting stretchered into the ambulance backstage. They showed them then, Rey Mysterio too, they were all concerned about um, Edge as well being like, oh, I hope you're okay, but okay, but where were you when Edge were you? was getting you know, the <laughs> shit kicked out of you for 20 minutes? Like, it wasn't a quick RKO and Orton left. He was beating the crap out of him yeah. for like 20 minutes. Did everyone exactly. go home? Like, they were clearly backstage. So, yeah, that is a bit of a odd thing but you, you can't always apply logic to wrestling i guess because it would never really make sense and they never do that shit even though it is absolutely a logic gap there can all right, i put you on a spot can you give me an easy answer is this, is, this, is this question easy to answer better individual career randy orton or edge i'm gonna say edge honestly um it is not an easy question to answer because they've had very similar careers but I feel like Edge has had more classic matches in his career than Orton has. Orton has will always he will go down as one of the greatest of all time for his accomplishments alone. He's main event to WrestleMania, he's picked up a lot of big wins. But it feels like Orton a lot like the AJ match last year, it feels like he's underwhelmed throughout his, throughout his career a lot more than Edge did. 
Edge had those classic TLC matches with the Hardys and Dudley Boys. They helped put the TLC match on the map. He was a tag team specialist for a few years there. He was a great mid-carder from like 01 through 04, 05. Won the first ever Money in the Bank ladder match. Had classic matches with John Cena. A TLC match at Unforgiven 06 is one of the greatest, if not the best TLC match of all time. Maybe not the best, but it's up there. Um, and then he had great matches in the years that followed with The Undertaker. That feuds is also very underrated. One of the more underrated feuds of the last dozen years or so over on SmackDown. He helped put SmackDown on the map, helped make the World Heavyweight Championship what it was in the late 2000s. And he was having great matches up until he retired with Dolph Ziggler, um, Alberto Del Rio, got a few decent matches out of Kane towards the end there. Rey Mysterio we had great matches with. Um, he was one half of the first ever WWE Tag Team champions on SmackDown back in 2002 had great matches with Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, mm. Kurt Angle. Like I think it's got to be edge. The more that I think about it, Orton's had a lot of awesome matches, great accomplishments, but it feels like he underwhelmed more often than he probably should have. So I got to go with edge. Um, what's the question I had? I had the best, the best version of Randy Orton. Uh, we got, you know, Evolution. We got um, Legend Killer. We have the Viper. We have Legacy Randy Orton. Um, which version of Randy Orton do you think is your favorite or is the favorite? Legend Killer, I think, has got to be the best just because the guy that was really what took him to the next level. And that was while he was with Evolution. I realized that. But while he was in Evolution, he was really hot. When he was a baby face there, when he broke off from Evolution, that was kind of a dull period. But when he got back to being the legend killer, when he was feeding with The Undertaker, that was a highlight for him. So I would say probably late 03 to early 05 was probably the best incarnation of Orton. Had great, like that was. He had some really good matches at that point. The Triple H matches weren't as good as they should have been. The feud with Mick Foley was fucking awesome. Uh-huh. Um, he dropped the championship. The He had a great IC title run at that point. Had great matches with Rob Van Dam, Edge. Um, a match here in Hartford, Avengers 04. Helped put Edge on the map, too. Um, great match with Chris Benoit, SummerSlam 04. That was really when it felt like he was firing in all cylinders. I think the only other run that comes close to that one uh, the Legacy run was good. He had some good moments as part of Legacy. I think a very underrated run, a part, a part of Orton's career that doesn't get talked about enough, was when the Legacy broke up. Was when he went babyface for the first time in like five years. He was so hot, dude. Like yeah, the reactions he was. he was getting at that point in 2010 were almost deafening. Mm-hmm. Um, he broke off from Cody and Ted. He had some really good matches in the middle there with Edge, Jack Swagger, Sheamus. When he won the WWE title in Chicago at Night of Champions that year, like Chicago is a very tough crowd. Like you know they they will poop on all like people like Roman Reigns and John Cena. Orton that night when he won the championship, it was universal acclaim for his championship win. People were going nuts. I don't want to say that he was Stone Cold Steve Austin, but he was the closest that he ever came to getting to that level. Like he was a badass. He was RKOing everyone. He was he was kind of more of a tweener, but people loved Randy Orton back in like that middle portion of 2010. Kind of died off a little bit after the Punk feud ran its course. The Punk feud was great, and then he beat Christian for the World Heavyweight Championship on that SmackDown right after Christian won the belt. 
Extreme Rules, and people just started shitting all over him. (laughs) Because, I mean, he won the championship so quickly from Christian, which sucked, and he got the backlash for that. But even the Christian matches were great. So I got to say, like, 2010, 2011, Orton comes close, but no one will ever forget the legend killer and what it did for his career at that point. Hey, Graham, to me, I I still think we're... (laughs) Um, nine years removed, but I think the uh, the Orton CM Punk match at WrestleMania 27 is is highly um, underrated. Does not get talked about enough. When you mention WrestleMania 27, uh, what was the best match? I know people are gonna say Hunter and and Taker won, um, but Punk and Orton delivered on that uh, on that card, and I don't think it gets brought up enough. No, I agree. That's why I said like during that period from like 2010 to 2011 there, right before the Christian feud started. And even he was he was pretty good. I mean, as a character, he wasn't compelling. But the matches with Christian were some of the best of his career. And I talked with Christian about that, too. He said that was his favorite period of his career, too, um, having those matches with Orton. But the punk matches were very good. The feud, you got to remember, too kind of came together on a whim because it looked like they were going to do Punk and Cena at WrestleMania. I think the plan was always to do Punk and Miz, or I'm sorry, Cena and Miz, um, dating back to like November when Miz first cashed in Money in the Bank. I think that was always the plan. Um, that being said, though, they were doing Punk and Cena for a little bit, and then they kind of teetered off, and they, have nothing, they had nothing for Punk at WrestleMania. Orton had nothing going on, so they put the two of them together. But they played off the history from a few years earlier when Orton cost Punk the World Heavyweight Championship back in 08. So they had the built-in story there. Punk had the new Nexus, which sucked, but he made the most of it. Um, the WrestleMania match was very good. I would probably say the Triple H Hunter match, or the Triple H Taker match was the best on that show. But at the time, I loved Punk and Orton. Uh, I thought Triple H and Taker was kind of boring. It is a great match going back and watching it. But the Punk-Orton match is one of the more underrated WrestleMania mid-card matches if not ever, maybe not ever, but definitely in recent memory. Like, that does not get talked about enough. That's definitely, honestly, dude, one of his better WrestleMania matches was with CM Punk and Seth Rollins a few years later. And the rematch that also doesn't get talked about enough at Extreme Rules, the last man standing rematch they had um, at Extreme Rules was awesome. And that was kind of where it went downhill for Orton after he won the World Heavyweight Championship the following week. But that feud with Punk, like you said, does not get talked about enough. Um. Going back to Edge now with the build for WrestleMania, I would hope it is for WrestleMania. Um, do we, do they, or would they implement? Because, like I said earlier, how Orton did the the, the turn on Edge on Monday, it kind of resembled the Legend Killer. And now, of course, you know my age and fans would know, you know. You know, saw the, the 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 rise of the Legend Killer character. Um, do you still think that they they'll, they'll keep this Orton kind of character the way it is, or they kind of do some things that kind of resemble the Legend Killer character from almost fifteen years ago? So, what's resembling the Legend Killer, Ron? I missed that part. No, so I'm saying like now with Orton against Edge. Um, oh, okay. Like it gave it gave me Legend Legend Killer vibes. Oh, okay. But yeah, my yeah, thing yeah. is, do you think they will? reach reach down in that bag and say you know what we're gonna bring up the legend killer rainy orton character now because i mean i mean edge is a legend so that's what that's what Mm. orton does my thing is would they resemble the legend killer from back in the day or do you think it just it'll be the same old orton going forward 
Uh, I don't know the same old Orton. I mean, they could reference that if they wanted to, because Edge is a WWE Hall of Famer. I mean, he's mm. back regularly now, but he is a Hall of Famer. Um, like kind of like Kurt Angle was after he got inducted, and then he wrestled a few matches after that. I don't think so, though, nor do I think it's really necessary. I think the Legend Killer thing works so well because he was an up-and-comer. I mean, Orton himself is a fucking legend, so it doesn't really make sense. Um, I've seen people say in, in recent years that maybe Orton could be like the rookie killer, like beating up people from NXT and stuff like that. That would be cool. Um, as a heel, I mean, I think it, it really goes without saying, aside from that period that I mentioned before from 2010 to 2011, the Punk feud, you know, the, when he won the championship back in 2010, he's always worked better as a heel. He, he can be a good, yeah. popular babyface, but the only defining quality of Orton as a babyface is that he does the RKO. The RKO is more over than Orton is. Let's be honest. I mean, people <laughs> pop for Orton, but the, the move is more or, is more over than he is. It, that's that's really all that got him over in the first place was the fucking move. Like in the last couple of months, he's been popular as a babyface, but. Is it really any of his character work that got him over? Not really. But as a heel, he's an, an awesome heel. Like the fact that, or the, the way that he took his time beating up Edge on Monday was masterful. Like go back and watch that in its entirety, not on the YouTube channel because they they pick parts away from it. They just kind of they they, they they took the highlights. But if you go back and watch the whole thing somewhere, if it's available, it's so like his mannerisms, his facial expressions, just the way that he methodically took his time and just. Uh, just annihilating Edge with the concerto, the RKO that preceded it. Everything about the angle was so fucking great. And Edge sold it like a boss. Um, but I don't think he has to be the legend killer, no. Because, I mean, we've seen this part of Orton before. A couple years ago when he first went back to being a heel in that feud with Jeff Hardy, when he took the screwdriver and he put it in his earlobe, which was so fucking gross. But um, it worked because it got Orton over as a heel. And it turned people against him despite the fact that he's a cool character. Yeah. So, no, I don't think he has to be the legend killer to you know for this feud to work but if he can draw back what made him such a great heel in the first place that we saw shades of on monday i think that's what's going to make orton so great to follow throughout this feud with edge going into wrestlemania uh real quick i know i know you got to run but I, I like i like how dolph got mad that um the 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 first spear that edge laid on dolph was not captured i mean they got the camera uh, footage, but mm -hmm. the original uh, feed uh, 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 on the Rumble night, uh, they didn't show it. It would they 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 showed the crowd, as opposed to Edge's Edge's first spear in a competitive manner in nine years. So I thought that was pretty cool of of Dolph defending that. And we all know how the camera people work in there. They they rather show this and that and like no, you you got to get the moment. This guy's a Hall of Famer, first time in the ring in nine years. You you, you never knew. Um, that he will be competing again, and then you miss the spear. I, I know it sounded very little, but it's like that right there. You have you have to get you have to be on point. Um, no, I agree. I agree. Absolutely. Also, Andrade is suspended for thirty days. Uh, he's still the U.S. U.S. champion. Uh, that came by surprise, huh? Yeah, it definitely did. I mean, I did not read about it until the end of Raw on Monday. I think that's when the news broke. I know WWE made it official the next day during the afternoon, but I think Pro Wrestling Sheet broke the story like while Raw was still going on, uh, which made sense of why they did what they did on Raw with Carrillo taking out Andrade. So, yeah, definitely surprising. I don't know what he tested positive for. It's always a mystery because some people say that, like, Primo, not that he's active anyway, but he got suspended a few months ago because – 
he didn't send the P test back in time or he wasn't in the country or something. I don't know. Um, everyone has a different story. Regardless of what the reason is, he's suspended for 30 days. A lot of people are upset that, oh, why wouldn't you take the championship off of him? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, I agree, but this isn't the first. It's not an Andrade thing. It's not like, oh, he's sleeping with Charlotte Flair. That means that's why they didn't take the championship off of him. It's really not that big of a deal. Now, he, if he was suspended for 60 days, then I would say, yeah, take the championship off of him, if only for that uh-huh. you know, sixty t- that, that sixty day period. But he's only gone for a month. Um, he just won the championship. It just doesn't make storyline sense to take the championship off of him. You don't have to punish everyone who's suspended for 30 days. Like Evan Bourne got uh, suspended about eight, nine years ago. He was one half of the tag team champions at the time. He probably should have dropped the title, but they didn't. They, they kept the belt on him because it just didn't make storyline sense to have him drop the belt out of nowhere just because the guy got suspended. I mean, he came back and he got suspended again, and they took the championships off him at that point, which made sense. But initially, they didn't take the belt off of him. I'm sure you could find other cases of, being, of people being suspended while champion and them not taking the championship off of them. Uh, I know Roman Reigns got suspended for 30 days a couple years ago, and he was WWE champion and whatever. But again, it made sense for Ambrose to win the title anyway. So you got to do what's best for the storyline, not just to punish the guy because he got suspended for 30 days. Who cares? Um, you know, if it was anyone else, I would probably say the exact same thing, even if it was Jinder fucking Mahal. You know, if it makes storyline sense, keep the belt on the guy. He just won it. It's too soon to take the belt off of him, too soon for Carrillo to win the championship. I still say the end game for Andrade as champion is for him to drop the belt to Aleister Black at WrestleMania. That's my booking scenario one-on-one for those two at WrestleMania with the outcome being Black becoming the new champion. Mm. But uh, otherwise, I really just don't see this as big of a deal. Uh, my final point, um, AWB NXT again in the ratings. Um, uh, I, I didn't see... Uh, I skimmed through AEW. I didn't really see much of like, oh, wow, that, that, that was crazy. Um, same for NXT. I was in the middle of NXT, but I, I did not finish it. What do you make of the two shows, AEW defeating NXT, but both viewership is going down? Both shows were solid. Um, I liked them for what they were. Uh, they weren't anything overly special. NXT had... Um, a very good Damian Priest, Dominic Dijakovic match. The main event of Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne, the Broserweights versus the Grizzled Young Vets in the finals of the Classic, the Dusty Road Tag Classic with the uh-huh. Broserweights going over. It was great. Um, just a very enjoyable show. And then they had Chelsea Green debut. That was kind of questionable to have her lose. They had – there was something else that was weird that they did on the show. I don't remember. It was her, and then they had – Ah, uh, fuck. I don't remember. They had someone else lose that. I was like, uh, I wouldn't uh. have done that. But anyway, uh, the Tegan Knox Dakota Kai thing, it was fine while it lasted, but I would not have blown off the feud there. It was like a two-minute match, which was weird. But anyway, I, I thought Dynamite was a good show, too. Um, they had a good main event of Jericho and Santina and Ortiz versus Private Party and Darby Allen. Mm. Kind of random, but it was a good match. Um, they set up Moxley and Jericho furthering that feud at the beginning of the show. Um, the Britt Baker promo I thought was great. Uh, not too much stuff I hated from Dynamite. I thought both shows were... Uh, Good, not as good as the week before, I would say, but they were still very good shows. Um, anything else I'm missing, Graham, from the week? 
No, that's about it. Um, I know Vic Joseph got replaced officially as the right. um, raw commentator, the head raw commentator, and not replaced by Tom Phillips. Mm. Just kind of weird. They made a big deal about Joseph and uh, Dio Madden joining the raw commentary team a few months ago, and they've already gone back on that with yep. the status quo with Tom Phillips and Byron, who are good, and I like them. I like Tom Phillips more than Byron. Um, but it just seems strange. After only a couple months, they would have already given up on Vic Joseph. So I thought that was odd, but that happened this week. And the World's Collide Show, by the way, too, the mm-hmm. event that preceded the Royal Rumble on Saturday was great. Absolutely must say. Um, takeover worthy. The main event of Walter and the rest of Imperium versus Undisputed Era was terrific. DIY Mustache Mountain, great match there. And uh, the Fatal 4-Way Cruiserweight title match was great. The opener of Ilya Dragunov and Finn Balor was awesome. The only match that kind of underwhelmed was Tony Storm and Rhea Ripley. Beyond that, though, the two and a half hours, well worth your time. Great show. But other than that, that was pretty much everything that happened on this past week in wrestling. MVP also came back. I ought to mention that. That was very cool. He wrestled his final WWE match, apparently, on Monday's Raw against Rey Mysterio. Right. So cool to see him back. So a very newsworthy and entertaining week in WWE, I would say. And Brock and Matt Riddle are not getting along. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That report broke, too. And Brock said, I would never work with you, which Matt Riddle kind of confirmed in a separate video, which was funny. Um, Matt Riddle lasted all of a minute in the Rumble. Cool to see him. But, um, yeah. No, a lot a lot of familiar faces popping up on, uh, on Rumble uh, on the Rumble show and just Rumble weekend in general, we got to see uh, Lee and, and Brock Lesnar go at it, which was cool. So, uh, yeah, I thought there was a lot to like this week. I come away, I, I came away from this week really satisfied with what I saw from all the companies that I watched. Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report, Daily DDT. He's on Twitter at Russell Rant. You can find me at Randy J. Cruz, R-A-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and uh, Spotify t-shirts on ProWrestlingTees.com. Grant, my man, always appreciate it. Thank you, Randy. WrestleMania season off to a strong start. Looking forward yes, to breaking sir. on all the shows in the months and weeks ahead. All right, man. Take it easy. You too, Randy. Talk to you next week. All right. Adios.